Hello and welcome to Onesies, a podcast of onesies and wonders and blunders. I'm Andrew. And I'm Emily. And this week we are, or no, not this week, this season, we are talking about Dracula the series, the 1990s syndicated masterpiece of syndicated Canadian television. Yeah, let's go with masterpiece. On location in Luxembourg. If we caveat it enough, there won't be anything else in the genre. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think this is a mass. I think you can just blanket say it's a masterpiece and that would be fine. It's certainly a piece of something. It's a masterful <laughs> piece of something. Something. Uh, we are on episode six. Six. Entitled Black Sheep. Um, we can't tell you why yet. We'll tell you later. But oh, it's a spoiler. We okay. already kind of gave it away earlier in the season. We did, but we didn't season. know enough. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't know anymore. Yeah. So let's What see. have you got? Uh two things in one acting and drama which is pretty pretty quick in this uh the first part of the show then uh hang out fang out and um let's talk about actually i'm i didn't write this down but i am now let's talk about the general oh i wanted to look the general up um okay so mine will be um Brahms, Stoker's Dracula continuity, um, playing tennis, which you'll have to remind me of because I didn't triple star it. And oh, that's a spoiler too. Um, this is a hard one because you just want to talk about spoilers. Um, we can also just go to the old regular old continuity, series continuity. Okay, cool. Okay. Cool beans. So we start with a man whose name I don't even care about. He shows up a lot in this episode. I don't even fucking care. Um, at his wife, Amelia. I caught that. Amelia's grave. Lamenting her death. Fresh grave, too. Fresh. Fresh. Lamenting her death. Uh, piling flowers seemingly on top of her grave. Out loud, giving us some exposition. Uh, like you do. You speak out loud to your loved ones at their grave. And uh, it's all about Klaus. You know, Klaus is coming for you and I'm not going to let him get you and blah, blah. We have seen Klaus before, a vampire friend of Dracula. Looks like Mr. Perfect, but less big. And Mr. Perfect, the wrestler, not the perfection of the male ideal, with Davies. Um... It's not I, like I think if you like have to explain Henry it, Cato. if you have it's to, it's not explain. like his Henry Cavill. Okay, we'll just say. <laughs> if you have to explain who Mister Perfect is, whatever. Anyway, uh, then enter Klaus, laughing maniacally and bringing capital A acting and capital D drama. He he goes from speaking normally but laughing maniacally to shouting everything he says. And it is so beautiful. It gave me chills. I got chills from watching him perform this hacky, hacky scene. <laughs> In a full classic Dracula outfit. Tuxedo, yeah. Yes, Halloween Town Dracula. Yeah, yeah. Halloween City Dracula. Yeah, Party City, Party City Dracula <laughs> costume. Hair slicked back, the whole deal. It's fucking great. And he's telling the guy 
listen, your wife isn't even in that grave. She knew that you would try to save her and she wanted to be with us vampires. So we've got her. We never see her. I was but we've got point. her. Yeah, we've got, got her. her. And then he twirls around and turns into a bunch of bats and disappears. And the guy yells, close! Like Ricardo Montalban in Star Trek II. And I'm going to get you. Whatever. And, and then, then cue Klaus, the... No, because Klaus as a bat says, you and what army? Oh, yeah. Klaus as a bat says, you and, and what army? That's right. That was so hacky. Um, and then cut to the beautiful opening sequence theme tune. Um, what are your thoughts about this opening scene? I loved it. Uh, we had the vampire vision back. Vampire vision, right? We had the vampire vision back. This actually is part of my Bram Stoker thing because... Okay. The guy is laying wild rose branches on the grave, which might be a Dracula the novel reference because in Fright Night 2, they do a rose branch or rose thing to fight vampires. And that's apparently straight out of the Bram Stoker's Dracula. I have never read it. You're not missing anything. But I thought that was an amazing bit of continuity considering. And also, I was wondering, is Lucard even going to show up this episode? Or were they like, we don't need you anymore, Jordy Johnson. We've got some very special guest star, Garrett Wynn Davies, for when you want to go someplace and cry about your career. Um, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, he brings it's it, man. Hell of an opening. It, he brings it. He brought it. It's been brought. It has been brought. No more of this Shakespeare quoting, uh, stoic, Klaus, romantic. No more, uh, what's Brad Pitt's name in? No, Lestat is the Tom Cruise. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been. No more. I I read it in middle school. (laughs) Just the best time to read Anne Rice. You start in grade school with, uh, what's her name? V.C. Andrews and then middle school. I read that in middle school too. Yeah, there you go. I read, I read Stephen King uh, in 10th grade and then it was all downhill from there. (laughs) Um, Nope. I lost my thought. Okay. So the first scene in the episode is the guy showing up at Gustav's. The guy's name that you didn't remember, but I wrote down because it was just such a weird, oh, yeah. like, Paul Jaeger. Jaeger, yeah. So the Jaegermeister comes to visit um, Gustav, who has been dealing with Max being bored by European life. Yeah. And so Gustav goes down to the basement and gets him a short ring, shortwave radio to repair because Max has a knack for electronics. We've never heard that before. We've never heard it before. I mean, he listens to a fucking, uh, I don't even know, a Walkman. Yeah. He listens to a fucking Walkman. Uh, That's not necessarily being able to fix a shortwave radio, but carry on. He gets one. Yeah. So, but we also have Gustav doing his hard work, which is apparently transcribing his desktop flip calendar to a notebook. And he sees full moon written with two underlines on a day. 
The twenty third of April. It that's not that's not when St. George's Eve is though. St. George's Eve is May fifth. And I think in Europe it's not. Oh. St. George's Day is oh is April twenty third this year. Whatever. Whatever. Okay, so maybe it's well okay. So St. George's <sighs> Eve would be the twenty second. But do we we don't know that it's St. George's. No, no, day. we don't. And I don't uh, even know what it is really. It's Catholic stuff that Yeah, it's probably killed a bunch of fucking uh, uh Palestinian babies in the Crusades or something. And you know. He's a saint. because uh, that tracks. Okay, so yes, Paul Yeager shows up and says, You might be able to help me, Uncle Gustav. Cut to upstairs where <sighs> Max is trying to replay, repair the radio while Chris basically mocks him. Mm-hmm. And then Max is like, No, I'm gonna get the Phillies on here. And then Chris gets excited. And then Sophie, because they're all they this episode, they all hang out in the boys' bedroom. Except for when Chris and Sophie go off to fuck. Yeah. Um, which happens at least once. <laughs> but that might be in public. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> they're, both, they're both minors. They're allowed to do that. Um, we're not um, allowed to watch it. We're not allowed to watch it. And I'm glad. Uh, very much so. And it, I'm sure the producers of Dracula the series are very glad they didn't shoot it. Because these stars of the 1968 Romeo and Juliet are soon Paramount. Yeah. Which is going to be one hell of a weird uh, dismissal. Uh, we're suing the Italian producers of this movie that was distributed. They're dead. The studio's owned by three different people since then. But uh, I was that. 15 and, and he forced me to get nude on camera. Just wait till they get the Bertolucci. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, uh, guess what, everybody? Male film directors of the 1960s and 70s were even shittier than male film directors. Uh, Michael Bay has a healthy relationship with his teenage uh, girl stars compared to the 50s, 60s, and 70s, probably. There you go. Congratulations. Um, and if you and if you and if you're into humiliating your wife on camera, watch Fellini. I don't know. Wow, wow. Bergman, Bergman never. Oh yeah, Bergman never did that. Bergman (laughs) never exploited uh, female suffering for uh, artistic effect (laughs) ever. We are never. We are way off track. track. (laughs) Everybody go see Persona though. Uh, Yes, it's very good. Don't don't let the uh, Tyler Durden. clip in throw you from the rest of the movie it's just to prepare you okay speaking of art house sophie wants to hear the new york met opera and the boys look at her like she is from another planet it it looks like she just said you know i don't even know what she could have said she could have been like you guys aren't gonna listen to the phillies because you're from toronto yeah They, they couldn't have looked at her like she had more of a third eyeball and and she sort of sheepishly backs away. And I'm like, no, bitch, stand up for yourself. Listen to the fucking Met if you want to. Yeah. God damn. There's a billion football or ba- baseball games a season. They can spare one Saturday afternoon to listen to the fucking opera. Jesus. Sorry. Sorry. Well, folks. also, it would imply that um, Gustav had the technology to do this, but never implemented it before. We're, we're back to... 
Max shouldn't be bored at the house. He should be learning to be a vampire slayer. And he's not, apparently. Um, Okay. So now we cut downstairs to, and this is a nice little set. I'm very proud. I didn't get the screenwriter's name, the writer's names, but I wonder if they're proud of how they went from the Met Opera to talking about Amelia at the theater. Yeah. So Amelia went to the theater so Phil, Paul, Paul Paul comes in and asks for help from yes Gustav. we're back downstairs yeah. with Gustav and Paul um, with Jägermeister and Gustav <laughs> I didn't even spell it that way in my notes but I'm just doing it <laughs> just, just going right ahead for it uh, it's gonna be a thing um, okay okay I'm, I'm down uh, okay so we get this long long description because this episode nothing happens in it yet. Because it's all the the reveal for the third act, but it takes eighteen minutes to get there, and so we have lots of talking from Paul Yeager and Gustav. But she went to the opera, or she went to the theater. She met Gustav there. Paul Yeager doesn't like going to the opera or the theater because it's you know he's an old army man. He doesn't do that kind of thing. He listens to the Phillies. She got sick. She got had bite marks. They took her to doctors. Nobody believed her. Nobody believed him. Him telling them that she was being attacked by a vampire. Yeah, at the theater, um, they just gave her pills instead. Yeah, and so this is where I have the note. First, I have pills. Double exclamation point. Double <laughs> asterisk. Then I have overacting, even for Dracula the series. Yes, yes, he was. Uh, he was pretty heavy-handed in his abilities on this, and not in a funny, campy way. No, he sucks. Um, yeah. yeah, it's too bad. Everybody else does okay, all things considered, but he sucks. Yeah. Uh, sorry, dude. Uh, whatever. Uh, so then he's like, "Okay, Gustav, I want you to hunt claws down and kill." Him. Cut to upstairs. They're working on the radio again. So this is the same, you know, this is three minutes after we've just had the conversation about the mat. And Sophie's in the back there. Chris and Sophie are in the background of the scene. And you can't tell what they're doing at first, but they're actually getting ready to go play tennis. We're fucking a public place. Uh, (laughs) I didn't catch them getting ready to play tennis. Seriously? No, I didn't. It was amazing because he had the racket and he was just whacking it around. And she's over there like juggling the balls. Like it's like, okay, Joe, you swing that around and Mia, you play with the ball. Mia, you know how to juggle, right? (laughs) So Chris says, okay, if you get electrocuted by this radio, can I get your allowance? Then they leave because even though this show makes no sense and how much attention it pays to Max. Anyway, um, back downstairs. And I think does, when does Max come down and interrupt them? It's the second time that he comes back. So um, it's the second time we do the scene. So now Gustav's just turning him down. He's like, Nope, I'm not going to do it. Uh, It's no easy task. And this is where Paul Yeager says, I'm a retired army officer. And I'm like, what army? Yeah. What, the Canadian Mounted Army? Like, I don't know, man. Because you're not... Like, where did the first scene take place? You know, Luxembourg. Also, Luxembourg is really close to Romania, we find out later. Like, very weird stuff. So, I don't know. Is Luxembourg close to Romania? But 
Gustav's, uh, he's, then he's like, I'll pay you, Gustav. And Gustav says, I'm not a hitman, Mr. Jaeger. And then um, Jaeger says something passive aggressive to change his mind and leaves. Oh, cutting to our hero. Industries. Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. One hell of a term for him. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make, uh, I don't know how we're going to do a onesies with a three season show, but I feel like uh, all these compliments for Jaren Wynn Davies has earned Emily a watch of a, God, what was that show called? I forgot already. Ah, the vampire cop show. Anyway, cut to Lucard Industries. Klaus comes in. Lucard's there, surprising me, because I really thought they were going to yeah. trade them off. Um, and he's like, you Klaus, you're late. You were out raiding the countryside again, you naughty boy. Um, and he's got that accent again still, yeah. which one of my notes, it changes. In this yes. scene, it changes. Yes, it does. It's like he gives it up. He's like, I'm just not going to. It's not, not like he that. gives it up. It's like he turns Romanian. He has a slight Eastern European accent when when he's fanged out. That could just be how how, how much those cheap fangs hurt your teeth. <laughs> it could be. I mean, it could, very oh. well could be. But he sounded more like a vampire than not. Well, I mean, do you remember those? Those made your gums bleed. Yeah. I was I was just gonna joke we should do an episode with vampire teeth in, but then I was like, no, we're not. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, there, we're not doing that. We're folks. not doing that. Okay. You should listen to the episodes with vampire teeth in. Okay. <laughs> Bullet so, dodged. All right. Now, so they're bickering, and there's a lot of bickering going on again because we've got to pad out the runtime, and then class goes to storm off, and Lucard hits his. Matt Lauer button closing the door. Yeah, yep, he does. But before that, he he comes in through that door. Uh, he transports himself with blue magic outside. Do we see the, the blue magic. We don't or, see no, it. No, 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 we, don't we don't see, see it. But we see it later when he. Okay. Um, so he transports himself, comes through the door to stop Klaus from leaving, and they have a fang out. Man, a fang out hangout. It's pretty cool. Lots of hissing teeth and shaking. Hissing teeth and shaking. And this is the point where we finally get to hear them speak with teeth in. And uh, Lucard, as I previously said, sounds like he's actually minorly successful at a vague Eastern European accent. (laughs) Um, If Dracula the series had gone 10 seasons, Jordy Johnson would have been able to do Euro Trash for the last two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I don't even know what they freaking talk about. I was just so excited. Oh, they are complaining. You have to settle down. You can't be murdering people. We have a plan. You know, you have to be a little more subtle about this. Well, you used to talk about how you love to go raid the countryside. Uh, suddenly, Mr. Mr. Perfect turns into little baby pants, and uh, yeah, I I don't even know how it it just gets settled. Uh, they defang, and Lucard walks back to his desk, and his voice is quote unquote normal again. And they talk about how he's going to bribe an environmental minister to kill a pollution bill. No, how yeah. did I miss? I don't know because that's. A bunch of the setup. For the How did I episode. miss that? God, I zone the fuck out when I'm watching this. 
Nick Knight is the name of the vampire show with Jarrett Wynn Davies that you're going to watch for a very special season of three Z's or whatever. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah. And my last note of this scene before Lucard calls Japan to check in on his Tokyo interests is not quoting Shakespeare together now, huh boys? So we've lost that entirely. Yeah. That entire relationship between them is gone. They yeah. are much more like um, Klaus is, it's like big brother, little brother. Right. And Klaus is like a st- one of Dracula's regular stooges, only with more personality and, and name more, in the more opening lines. titles. More yeah. lines. Yeah. Okay. So now we cut to, okay, Lucard places a call to Japan and he is waiting to hear from the Japanese guy because Jordy Johnson could not learn any Japanese. He could not learn Ohio Gazans. Um, but we cut to Max on the radio, intercepting a phone call that Lucard's on. Yeah. Not this phone call, a phone call between Lucard and Klaus about the money drop-off. And I, my first note is, they've got to be on cell phones. That's not how technology works, is it? They cut to Lucard on his cell phone. And I'm like, I don't think that was a thing. I don't think cell towers transmit audio waves i i have no clue but you know feel like it would have been a big issue if you could just listen on your cb to everybody's cell phone calls yeah but doesn't matter cut downstairs to mr jaeger at the door oh god the maps <laughs> the maps i forgot yes the uh so he 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 has um been tracking klaus's kills uh and i don't know how he knows it's klaus except for maybe the type of death or i don't know um and he rushes to Luke, uh to gustav's house saying i know exactly where he's gonna strike next and he pulls out the map and it is uh Apparently, the kills he's making is creating a star shape, which is somehow relevant to something. It's a pentangle or penta. It's it's not a pentagram, but it's a pentastar or something. It's they a star. A, it's, I mean, it's a star. It's a fancy it's, word for a star. It's a fancy. <laughs> um, um, hold on. And okay, so then Max comes out on the staircase and says, did it say he was meeting at a bridge? And the guy's like, it does say. At the marketplace or something like market Uh, square or something, something more specific than bridge. But yes, it is sort of like, uh, okay. To which Gustav replies, get upstairs, Max. And this is where I write down Alan Eastman direction because it's really (laughs) bad. Um, now, now, um, Paul Yeager reveals his, he's got a crossbow that he's carrying around and he's going to kill Klaus and anyone who gets in his way. Yep. And he says, you don't understand, Gustav. If your wife had been taken by one, you would understand. And we get a lingering shot on Gustav setting up our spoiler for later. This is also where I said, where's the wife? Yeah. Shouldn't this episode be about the wife? Why isn't she in this episode? Because I, Paul Yeager came from Canada all the way across the world to kill Klaus, who happens to live there. When I when I watched it this morning, I was like, they keep they 
this whole first scene is about this woman and we never see her. And I think, well, I think it could have been a much better thing if she had shown up, you know, and there the the tension was between Mr. and Mrs. Yick. I know much better. Better? I know. <laughs> or do we want it to be better? Um we just want Paul Yeager to be the actor to be worse in more amusing ways. Um, okay, so Max is like, shouldn't we help? To which Gustav says, no. And Max is wearing a Philly shirt, in case you forgot. This is an American, American boy. boy. Yeah. Um, okay, so then, then we cut to somewhere uh, where Klaus is approaching in his sunglasses at night. And he meets Gustav. And Gustav says, cancel your meeting or you'll be destroyed. And there will be nothing I can do to save you. Yes. And my note is, ooh, Gustav has more secrets. Okay, so now we cut to the, back to the house. The kids, uh, Chris, uh, not Chris, Max is trying to prove to to Chris that he overheard Dracula Dracula on the radio. And see, and he turns the radio on, do, 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 gets a Phillies game. Oh, my God, what a coincidence. There happens to be a Phillies game on at the exact same time. And Chris is very excited until that feed is, in, is I don't know, intruded upon by Lucard talking on his cell phone. Sophie's in the background doing her nails. If you well, I mean, she's got to be doing something. She's not shopping. She's not trying on her fancy shoes. Hey, I have so, to <laughs> She's giving herself bangs to print, Chris. <laughs> so, okay, so here's the phone call conversation between Lucard and Klaus. See if you can see any problems with it. Klaus, there's been a security breach on this line. Klaus says, I thought your cell phones were secure. Lucard says, nothing is secure. We should leave the money with the general. They hang up. The kids go, what about the money? What's the general? Who's the general? Who's the general? That's right. We're still at who's the general. Yeah. Uh, Then we cut downstairs to Mr. Yeager coming over again to argue with Klaus. The guy comes over three times. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay. Again, we bring up the wife. Okay, so uh, Gustav's like defending the idea that Klaus could have figured out not to show up on his own. And then he's like, you need to just calm down and think about this or something. To which Jaeger replies, my wife doesn't get any time off. Why should I? Okay, maybe you should go deal with your wife who's out there killing a bunch of people back in your hometown. Just saying. You're going to get home. All of your wife's friends are going to be vampires. They're going to fucking kill you. Whatever. Yeah. Good. This guy, this guy sucks. And he's like, I'm warning you, Helsing. I'll kill you too. Okay. Cut to a shot of the full moon. Very important. Sort of. But then back to the kids where they're arguing about the general. And Sophie figures it out in the best um, acting in the show probably Mia Kirshner going oh I realize what's going on yeah and so instead of telling the boys of course she, she just takes them yes and get your stuff get some dummies. shovels I'll show you the general and somebody makes a comment is this about the opera 
So is this also where my, yes, my note is what's the temperature in Luxembourg? <laughs> Cause no coats. Um, yeah. Just Phillies, just Phillies swag. Now we cut to, okay. And they don't find Gustav. They, they were going to ask him for permission, but they don't find it. So they just don't worry about it. Uh, so they run out and Gustav is headed to the Helsing crypt, which we have never seen before. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to the kids on their bikes, like it's Goonies, <laughs> and they just got to a park, and then somebody's like, what are we doing here, Sophie? And Sophie's like, the general isn't a person, silly. It's a place. This is the General George Patton Park. Yeah. So I caught that the first time I watched and was like, no big deal. And then I was like, why the hell is there a George S. Patton Park? in luxembourg well there's not that i could find but he died in luxembourg did you know that i did not yeah um i think he's buried in a cemetery there um but you know i i I just found it really interesting that somebody had decided that they were going to name a park after george Patton for the show i mean i guess it's a reference point for people uh on in the states and in canada uh but all the nine-year-old boys who really dug the last days of Patton and were desperate to watch the original. (sighs) Um, But I I found that really strange. Um, And also George Patton, St. George's Eve. Hmm? Huh? Makes you think. Was Patton Patton, resurrected Patton? Was Patton the St. George they're talking about? And the... uh... (laughs) Somewhat, but not super unexpected, 1990, uh, what's-his-face appearance, uh, George C. Scott. George C. Scott. I love George C. Scott. Yeah, that was a late one. Oh, man, he would have been old, man. Oh, he would have. This was post-Mr. President on Fox. Like, he might have done that. Like, a little bit more money, we would have been seeing some George C. Scott. He was in Angus in, like, 94? 94. And that 95, was, 95. Yeah, but that was his, I accept that I'm an old man grandpa yep. era, huh. not his, I can still, I can still lead a sitcom. Yeah. I don't know if Mr. President's available. We could look into that. We I watched should. that when we it should. came out in 1988. So he died, he died in 99. So four years after Angus. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that Angus is my favorite? genre of music the angus soundtrack um i'm a 90s kid <laughs> uh, to watch again but anyway, <laughs> so we cut back to the crypt so they're going to dig up the park looking for buried we cut back to the crypt where we see and here's small continuity for everyone a plate for dr a van housing 18 something to 1912 meaning he lived 15 years after the novel 15 or 14 years after the novel. Mm-hmm. And I thought we were going to see some other nameplates. We don't. We don't see it. I think the novel's 90, 1897 or 1898. Okay. I was thinking about the continuity where in like the first episode, maybe the second episode, uh, Lucard talks about the Van Helsing family and how, you know, he's the best of the lot. He's better than his father, but. Not, Not as good as, good as, as good grandfather. grandfather. So I was trying to do that math, and that doesn't seem right. That there are three generations of N. Helsings in uh, 15 years. 
I mean, let's see. Um, it's impossible to do an accurate adaptation of Dracula without making Van Helsing an old pervert who's really bad at science because it was before they discovered blood types. So he didn't know what he was talking about. He was just making shit up. So you can see him, you know, fathering a child right before his death. Um, anyway, so we cut back to the kids digging. Sophie and Chris digging Max's thinking. And he just realized it's St. George's Eve. Because everybody knows when that is. I'm a vampire expert. That's when Vampire's Loot gives off a blue flame, just like in the first scene of Bram Stoker's Dracula, the novel, and some of the movies. Pin in that. So now we've got that bit of kind of cut back. Wait, who talks about full moons? Is it? Yes. It's Van. It's Helsing it's and Hel- Klaus. Klaus. Yes. Cut back to the crypt. Oh Klaus no! It's Sophie. It's Sophie, Sophie first it? because okay. because they talk about the blue flame, and then Chris is worried. Oh, he's going to have a Dracula is going to have some of his goons out here protecting right. it. And Sophie says no because it's a full moon, and that means that all of the vampires have to go back when it's a full moon on Saint George's Eve. All of the vampires have to go back to where they were buried to sleep is that accurate to the to the to the book no i don't know either i don't think so i think it's i think it's nonsense okay um okay but that means when we cut to helsing or yeah we cut to gustav klaus is coming home to his crypt and uh he's got a full cape on again (laughs) uh halloween city once again and then okay here we go. Yeah, it's this been is 13 cute. years. Saint Gustav has been waiting for this night for 13 years. To which Klaus responds, You've been doing your homework, which almost implies Gustav wasn't really serious about learning about vampires until 13 years ago. Anyway, I want you to live again, Klaus. And Klaus is like, Wrong, I'm alive now. Dracula took me to make you a me immortal. To which Gustav says, no, he took you because you are my son. <gasps> Shock. Some lady copulated with Gustav didn't get an abortion or hide the kid. She instead was like, I think you would make a good father, Gustav. <laughs> and this is what ended up happening. He became a vampire. Okay. I mean, so what that- better way to rebel against your vampire hunter father than becoming a vampire? Very true. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of talking. Gustav can't. Gustav is, while he's talking, surrounding Klaus, pouring out holy water and explaining that this water, this holy water, this, this circle will trap him. He will not be able to move from this spot. And we also get... um some talking about how Gustav will figure out a way to free him, which brings back the Boffin, not the Boffin, whatever that one episode was where they came up with the cure and, mm-hmm. Gustav, and Klaus was Klaus's first episode that we thought, based on what we saw in IMDb's credits, that it was going to be about curing Klaus. Yeah. So he could, he, he could come up with it. He just doesn't have that, that one last leaf that, that Dracula has and to, to make the potion. Just like the X-Men movies in the first one, when Wolverine sees Sabretooth, they have no memory of each other. 
Except we later find out that they're brothers, just like in Dracula the series, when there's no acknowledgement that they know each other. There is in, in the in that in that episode when he's on there. Uh, oh right, this Gustav, is something. Gustav runs into the room and sees Klaus and goes, oh, "You," and that's it. It's just like he's surprised to see this person that he knows. Oh my god, you. Yeah, there I assume is... they didn't think of what the connection was going to be. I thought it would be like well, brother. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it would be brother too. Okay, so then there's a lot of more uh, talking. Oh, I can't kill you. Yeah, because you're too much of a coward. And he's like, oh, no, because I'm too much of a father. So heartwarming. Yes, I'm too much of a father, Luke. Okay, cut to Paul Yeager coming in with his crossbow. Thinking that, thinking that Gustav has betrayed him. Oh, you're on you're the side. In of, you're in league. The vampire, um, and overhears that he's that Gustav is his uh, Gustav is uh, Klaus's father, and um, I oh Klaus uh, at some point is like Dracula will save me. Oh God. Yeah, Dracula will free me, and then then I'll kill you, father. Um, Okay, but then Paul Yeager is going to stop both. Paul Yeager blames Gustav now Mm -hmm. even more. And he's like, you could have stopped it. Gustav says, no. And then Paul Yeager, the Jägermeister, says, I'll stop both of you. Shoots his crossbow, which is caught right at Gustav's chest by... Blue transport, teleport power of Lucard. He he just, I mean, he's not a bat. He couldn't be because a bat couldn't get through the sealed entrance unless Jaeger left the door open. Whatever, it doesn't matter. We've we've never established that the built the coming in houses uninvited, have we? No. Have we established that? <clears throat> but yes, he he arrives like Dusex Machina himself. And uh, <clears throat> goes over, pushes dude Jägermeister Jager. down on the ground. It's unclear if he kills him for sure. Yeah, and I mean it, it's I, not, but but for now it's like, what are you doing? And if you're going to yeah. kill him, why not just drink his blood too? You got to eat. It's a weird. <laughs> I mean, it's some bad. It's some bad Alan Eastman direction. Um, okay, and this whole time Klaus is giggling again, which must have made you so happy. Um, <laughs> the maniacal laughter is great. And then once the bad guys resolve, Jaeger's resolved, Lucard looks at them and says, okay, go ahead, Luke. Helsing, finish up what you started. And he's like, what? Yeah. And uh, Klaus is like, what? And he's like, no, go ahead, finish it up. And Klaus is like, no, kill him, kill him. Lucard's like, nah, man. I told you, you need to chill this shit out, but you didn't listen. So now we got to deal with this. You're not my sidekick anymore. Yeah. yeah. You're no out of, more. We're kicking you out of the clubhouse. It's Romeo. They should have quoted Romeo and Juliet at this Aww. point. It would have been fucking amazing. They should have. Okay. So a couple things now that we're talking about it real quick. We haven't seen Klaus do anything since Lucard told him to knock it off. He actually was more careful. Yeah. He didn't yeah. he didn't go to that one rendezvous where he was gonna yeah. murder somebody. Yeah. So but, instead, yeah, Lucard's uh-oh. like eh, I think Lu- Lucard had just had enough. Had enough. Okay, so now we get this. Lucard's like, oh, by the way, 
Gustav, I played a joke on your surrogate family. And I'm like, there is nephews. Have we forgotten there is nephews? I guess so. Um, and he's like, it's a truce for one night only, just like last episode that ended yeah. in a truce between yep. the vampire slayer and the vampire. Yeah. Um, because it's St. George's Eve and it's a full moon. So Dracula's got to get back to Transylvania, presumably, because there you get, he's got to get to his grave or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that would also mean Amelia was back at her grave. Oh, yeah. So yeah. what the hell was uh, Jaeger doing hanging out in the Helsing tomb? So, I mean, you know, Jaeger might have liked being a vampire. You know, we don't yeah. know. You know, Nadia and Laszlo on, uh, on what we do in the shadows. That would be great. Um, okay. So cut back to the... Oh, wait. No. We've got to have um, Klaus calling him father mm-hmm. and wailing, please, as Gustav locks the door and secures it with a giant gold cross. And I'm like, nobody's going to That's going to get that. stolen. That's going to get <laughs> stolen. Yep. They're going to go in. Klaus is going to be in there and be like, come here a second. He's going to bite the person, even though he's stuck in his little thing. This, this is a terrible plan, Gustav. Terrible plan. If you want to cure him, stake him. And then when you unstake him later, he'll just resurrect and then you cure him. But in the meantime, he's very, you know, portable as a bag of bones. Cut to the park. Yes. The kids uh, have been digging and they're having a conversation. No, no. Gustav just walks up to him. Hey, kids. <laughs> There's no... Have you found any wild geese? Oh, yes. Have you found any wild geese? That was stupid. Oh, because Lucard sent you on a wild goose chase. Oh, boy. He knew you were (laughs) listening when he was talking about how he knew his phone call was being listened to. Yeah. So he's like, okay, let's go. Max, what's wrong? Well, there's no treasure or blue flames in the park. And to which Luke Gustav says, that's right. I forgot. It's St. George's Eve, even though the whole thing is predicated upon for 13 years. And it has to be St. George's Eve, and it has to be a full moon in order for his whole plan to come through. You know, they don't specify that Klaus got turned 13 years ago. That would have just been the last St. George's Eve and full moon. Yeah. So that was the last time Gustav had a chance to know where he'd be. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They walk out of the park, and as they leave, the blue flames come up right next to where they've been digging, meaning they missed out on three things of vampire loot that, for some reason, Lucard didn't want. Yeah, because he sent them, and there was a 100% chance that they would have found, not a 100% chance, but, but there is a chance that they could have dug up his treasure. Maybe his treasure was like a goof. It was like clip-on bangs or a plastic dog turd. Plastic dog turd kind of describes the shit. I overall thought it was better than last week. Um, Yes. Well, I like last week's more than you did. But yeah, yeah, Jaeger's a bit of a buzzkill in this one. But we do get a good 
some good payoffs in this one. And less of the kids in the main plot, which doesn't hurt things. Yeah. And Mia Kirshner, again, got a little something to do. Less of Max in the main plot. I don't know what it would be like to have Chris in the main plot. It's been so long. But, um, yeah. Um, I'm looking up next week's episode and some of the guest stars. Kim Coates looks familiar. Hell yeah, Kim Coates. Wow. Um, <sighs> Poor Kim Coates. And there's somebody credited as little girl number two named Sybil Eastman. I wonder, and, she, and she's third credited on IMDb. I wonder if that's Alan Eastman's child. Yep. Getting a little cameo because he did direct again. I think there's oh, like two goodness. episodes he didn't direct on this. <sighs> but that is her only credit. So she did not, she's not a, a Nepo baby. Mm. Um, Nepo, yes, Kim Coates. Nepo baby. Nepo baby. So we can, we, we can we can talk about whether or not um, indirect sexism hurt Kim Coates' career when we get to, <laughs> okay. to that. So the next episode, episode seven, is called What a Pleasant Surprise. That's promising. Mm. Thank you all for listening to the podcast this week. We'll see you next week with episode seven of Dracula, the series. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.